Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, images from the war in Ukraine dominated the news this year, and there is a way you can personally help ease the suffering of those caught in the crossfire. We'll tell you more. Also this morning, how older Americans who are not downsizing or moving to warmer climates in retirement are further disrupting the real estate market for younger home buyers. We'll explain. To your health this morning, did you know that all the holiday stress can affect your gut health? Experts say there's a connection between our brain and our gut. Does that mean it's all in our head? And if you're still stumped with just days to go until Christmas, we have some last-minute inspiration in our holiday gift-giving series. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Tuesday, December 20th, 2022. So <laughs> NASA says that they have pinpointed the coldest spot on Earth, and it is Northwest Ohio this coming Friday. Um, <laughs> have you heard this uh, this forecast? My goodness. Um, you know, a few days ago we were talking about, hey, maybe we're going to get a white Christmas, and we were excited about that. And now uh, we're going to get a white Christmas and then some, it looks like, with a pretty significant storm on the way for those who are traveling if friday was going to be your getaway day you might want to rethink that because uh it really looks nasty from about thursday evening straight through friday uh saturday's a little bit better uh the uh, snow will have calmed down still going to be windy but still a few snow showers and extremely cold we may not for friday and saturday and even christmas day we may not get into the double digits for high temperatures i mean high temperatures in the single digits so you wanted a white christmas you got it and uh, then some my goodness but no uh back to the uh, story here it says nasa has pinpointed the coldest spot on earth uh using nasa earth satellites Researchers discovered a high ridge on the East Antarctic Plateau has the lowest temperatures on the planet. Uh, they say temperatures at that spot, at that particular point on Earth, can get as low as 135 degrees below zero on a clear winter night, minus 135 uh, that revelation comes as a big portion of the U.S. will feel its own Arctic blast this week. Some regions of the country will see wind chills fall to somewhere between 30 and 60 below in this winter storm system. I don't know that we're going to be that cold. As we mentioned, highs in the single digits, and I think they're talking about wind chills of minus 20, something like that, which is cold enough. And I've actually, um, maybe we'll have to ask uh, Chris Vickers about this later this week, but uh, I remember distinctly a number of years ago speaking with a meteorologist meteorologist friend of mine who said that after a certain point, the body no longer feels any colder than, uh, I mean, there's a threshold. It's like minus 20 or something. If it's minus 20 or minus 30 or minus 40 or whatever with the wind chill, it doesn't matter because once you reach that like minus 20 point, the body can't tell. <laughs> it doesn't feel any colder than that. Um, not that it isn't colder than that, but uh, 
Anyway, minus 30 to minus 60 in some parts of the country later this week. So Merry Christmas. Then some. My goodness. Uh, We were talking about this uh, yesterday with the uh, cold weather, the winter uh, weather, that uh, there's a big outbreak of cold and flu and mixed in with COVID and RSV continues to be not as big of an issue as it was earlier in the season, but still is out there. So all of these respiratory illnesses and doctors are concerned, hospitals are filling up again, and uh, there's concern about that all over the country, including uh, here locally. Um, Here's another uh, component of that. The unusually fast start to the annual flu season has become extra stressful because of shortages of cold and flu medicines, uh, over-the-counter, uh, like children's Tylenol and, and things like that, are in short supply, particularly children's versions of these uh, cold and flu remedies. Uh, Dr. Shannon Dillon, pediatrician at Riley Children's Health in Indianapolis, says there are more sick kids at this time of year than we normally see, and that is the main factor behind shortages in over-the-counter flu, cold and flu medications. There are a number of of uh, chain stores, I think CVS is one, maybe Walgreens is another, that are limiting the number of cold and flu medicines that you can buy. Uh, you go into the store, you're limited to like two bottles of Tamiflu or whatever it is, the uh, over-the-children's Tylenol and all of that. Uh, according to the Associated Press, the... Uh, Fast start to the flu season, the main factor behind the shortages. Uh, Doctors also caution that fevers don't always have to be treated. You don't always have to uh, use medication to address one of these issues. The fever is the body's natural defense against infection, and it makes it hard for the virus to replicate. So fever does serve a purpose, and uh, just encouraging parents not to panic. Uh, with respect to that. But there there you go. There's another uh, thing that we need to worry about. Every day we have to have something to worry about. There you go. There's a shortage of uh, cold and flu medication over the counter. Uh, some of the other uh, interesting, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your uh, Tuesday morning started here. Uh, so it's getting to be crunch time, Christmas and, and all of that. And uh, if you have a young person to buy for, maybe you've been up and down the toy aisle, But uh, perhaps you're stuck on a gift idea for some of the older kids, teens, and even adults. Well, maybe check out the toy aisle for them as well. According to new data from the NPD Group, which is a retail uh, tracker, um, older kids and adults are responsible for one-fourth, one-fourth of all toy sales annually. It works out to about $9 billion worth of toys are being purchased for what they call kidults. <laughs> it is one of the things that is keeping the toy industry afloat right now. These kidults are buying $9 billion worth of toys annually, and it is the biggest driver of growth in the toy industry. Uh, kidults, they say, tend to spend more on toys have a great fondness for cartoons, superheroes, and collectibles that remind them of their childhood. 
and they are the top purchasers of merchandise such as action figures, uh, Lego sets, and dolls that might typically be considered for kids. So if you're stumped for an idea or some of the grown-ups on your list, check out the toy aisle. Those analyzing the trends see the shifting market as a product of adults learning how to play again, thanks to all of the lockdowns that we had to endure at the height of the pandemic. So unleashed our inner child, as it were, and has led to a uh, huge... That's interesting. I would have uh, I would have not guessed that. But uh, hey, just because you get older doesn't mean that you don't, uh, enjoy, that you don't enjoy unwrapping a new toy at Christmas time. Yeah. Have a follow-up here. Uh, do you remember some months ago, the Brooklyn pastor who was who was robbed while he was live streaming his sermon? You remember you remember that story? It was earlier this year. This is the time of year when we think back of all of the uh, noteworthy news items of the past year, and earlier. In 2022, this pastor in Brooklyn, live streaming his service, he was in the middle of his sermon, and somebody robbed him right there uh, for all to see. Well, now the pastor is facing federal fraud charges. Prosecutors allege that New Jersey resident Lamore Whitehead defrauded his uh, parishioners uh, out of uh, their retirement savings and tried to extort a businessman while also lying to the FBI. And that was one of the, you remember the story he was robbed. He had all kinds of, you know, like he had Rolex and, you know, expensive jewelry and all of that. And a lot of people said, well, how, did, how can he afford all of that on a pastor's salary? Well, the uh, flashy, it says the uh, uh, prosecutors allege he got money and other valuables from people either by threatening them or lying to them. The flashy pastor made headlines over the summer after being robbed at gunpoint of $1 million jewelry at his Tomorrow International Ministry in Brooklyn. He is now charged, the pastor is, with wire fraud, extortion, and making false material statements and could face decades in prison if convicted. So, <laughs> the follow-up, he was the one that got into trouble crazy as that and uh, one other uh, noteworthy item here among the first things you need to know this morning a story that virtually guarantees that we will be talking about social media into the new year the u.s supreme court has announced its february calendar and there are two cases that will come up that will consider if social media platforms can be held accountable for acts of terrorism on their platform. One case involves Google and one involves Twitter, both of which uh, the plaintiffs claim that the social media platforms are guilty of aiding and abetting terrorism. In the Google case, the claim is not only that the, uh, the platform recommended videos by ISIS, <laughs> uh, put those in the recommended videos uh, category, but also shared advertising revenue with the terrorist group. So uh, those cases coming up in February, as if we didn't already know that we'd still be talking about social media into 2023. But uh, come February, 
those cases uh, will be argued in front of the Supreme Court. You know, that'll be making news. So there you go. Some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Tuesday morning started. WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. It'll be partly sunny today with a high around 37, partly to mostly cloudy tonight, a low around 25. The Hancock County Board of Health has awarded the Champion of Public Health Award posthumously to Bill Roos for his vision and stewardship of the Hancock Public Health Mobile Health Clinic. Roos is former president and CEO of Blanchard Valley Hospital and passed away in August. The Hancock County Board of Health says Roos wanted to bring quality health care services to all of Hancock County, and he succeeded with the creation of the Mobile Health Clinic. The board says Roos left a legacy on his community, and they're honored to recognize him as a champion of public health. Get more on the website. The state legislature passed a bill that makes texting while driving or even just holding a phone while driving, unless it's up to your ear, a primary offense, meaning that's all police would need to witness before stopping someone and issuing them a ticket. Governor Mike DeWine says he plans to sign the bill, and the change is a long time coming. We lose a lot of Ohioans tragically every single year because of distracted driving. It gets it on the books. It moves the ball forward. We will save lives. I'm Clay Gordon. The governor says he plans to sign the bill, and it will go into effect 90 days after that. Get more on the website. Hancock County has received enough grant funding for 14 You Belong projects in Finley and Hancock County. And ultimately what the hope is is that we can really address creating a very healthy and equitable community across Finley and Hancock County. Um, but again, in order to do that, uh, we need to help create those spaces of belonging. That's Zach Thomas with Adamus. He says the You Belong grant program is a project the Hancock County Cultural Humility and Health Equity Delegation in partnership with the Hancock Leadership Class of 2022. Learn more about it and get more of our conversation with Zach on our website. The winter break for students is approaching. Finley City Schools is reminding parents and students that winter break will be from Thursday through Monday, January 2nd. And then the first day back for students will be Tuesday, January 3rd. You can see the full Finley City Schools calendar on the website. I'm Matt Demchek for 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. So this week we have been reflecting on the major news events of the year. At the top of that list, of course, would be the war in Ukraine. We have seen the devastating images of those who have lost everything and have become refugees. But in the spirit of the holidays, we want to highlight the inspiring stories of people around the world who are helping to provide welcoming homes to millions of displaced Ukrainians. Elizabeth Langland and her husband Jerry of St. Augustine, Florida, are sponsoring two sisters and their children who fled the fighting. She joins us this morning along with Anya McMurray, President and Chief Operating Officer of Welcome.us. And Anya, let me start with you. Talk a little bit about your organization and how this works. Absolutely, Chris. Thanks so much for having us. Well, Welcome.us was founded last year to mobilize Americans to meet a moment of great national challenge, helping to resettle tens of thousands of our Afghan allies after Kabul fell, and then followed quickly by the need to help Ukrainians fle fleeing the Russian invasion. What we saw were Americans all across the country from all walks of life ready to help but often not quite sure how to do that. Mm -hmm. And so we founded Welcome.us to make it easier to get involved, whether through volunteering or donating resources. 
or most importantly, and, and what we really want to talk about today, which is directly sponsoring a family in need. So, Elizabeth, what made you and your husband decide to become uh, refugee sponsors? In 2017, I met a refugee from Afghanistan who had managed to escape her country to pursue an education which was denied her by the Taliban. She inspired me. And uh, when the Russia, Russia began its war of aggression on Ukraine, my husband and I wanted to help displaced and suffering Ukrainians. But we didn't know how. Yeah. Uh, that, the inspiration was there. The eagerness was there. But it was Welcome.us, the website that taught us what we needed to do and gave us a clear roadmap for how to help. And how did you then get matched with, uh, as we mentioned, two sisters and their children uh, that you are now sponsoring? How did you get matched up with uh, those refugees? The Welcome US website has a very efficient process for that to happen. Once you've read the materials and at least are interested in exploring sponsorship, you create your own profile, and then you are given the profiles of several Ukrainian refugee families, couples, etc., who tell you about themselves. They're all such moving stories, and it's hard to choose, but when we read through those stories, we I connected very strongly with Grigory and his family, these two sisters, as you said, each of whom has one child of school age. Their husbands, of course, remained in Ukraine as part of the Territorial Defense Army. Mm. So we recognized this was truly a group need. So we wanted to make sure the sisters and their children had a safe place to live and that the children could continue their education. And Anya, as you mentioned, uh, it's not just Ukrainian refugees. You uh, actually got your start helping uh, Afghan refugees. How is this private sponsorship model different from uh, refugee resettlement programs that we've heard about uh, in the past? What What is the difference? Well, private sponsorship or community sponsorship allows everyday Americans like Elizabeth and her husband together with their friends and congregations or community groups to sponsor a family and get them here quickly to safety in the United States. It's an important new pathway because these recent humanitarian crises from the evacuation of Afghanistan last year, again, the war on Ukraine, has put tremendous strain on our traditional refugee resettlement system. There are simply more people then can move through those traditional paths as quickly as we need. And private sponsorship has created an opportunity for Americans to raise their hand and ensure that more people more quickly can get to the United States and the safety that this country can offer them. It's also, I think, really revealed a beautiful truth about our country, that if we turn to the American people, that, that we step up. We are a country that, that wants to help. We are, a, we are communities of neighbors that want to help newcomers in need of safety. And by offering those helping hands to those in need, we've, we've really increased dramatically the number of Ukrainians who have been able to flee uh, the bombs that are falling, the lack of water, the lack of heat now this winter. Mm-hmm. Now, to be clear, you are not uh, you are not opening 
Uh, Elizabeth, you're, you're not hosting these uh, individuals in your home, correct? You are uh, financially supporting their resettlement. Is that right? You're absolutely correct. Now, some may begin by um, hosting uh, refugees for a time in the home. That's an option, certainly, but we felt it was important to get them established in their own space because we'd be enrolling the children in school and yeah. they needed to be in right in the right school. Yeah. So you are uh, primarily providing the resources that make the resettlement possible. Are you working with uh, other uh, private organizations to handle the actual resettlement process, or how does that work? So what makes this different is when, when Russia invaded Ukraine and the United States realized how many people were going to need to find a safe place to go, they created a new program called Uniting for Ukraine. And what makes that program unusual is that it allows Ukrainians who want to find safety in the United States to come, but they have to have an American sponsor mm. fill out the sponsorship paperwork. Okay. Um, you can all, they can only come through that path. And what we found, not surprisingly, is that there's a lot more Ukrainians who want to come to the United States and a lot more Americans who want to help a Ukrainian, but, and they don't know each other. They're, they're looking for ways of finding one another. Mm -hmm. And what we did was build a platform called Welcome Connect that allows those two sides um, a safe place to find one another, as, as Elizabeth said, to talk to, to various um, different families on both sides. The Ukrainians can interview a variety of American families. American mm. families can interview a variety of Ukrainians. And it's because we know it is about finding a match that, that works. Um, but once that match has been made and, and the paperwork has been filed with the United States government and then background checks are done on both sides by, by the government, um, when, those, when that process has been approved, the U.S. government issues travel documents to the Ukrainians, and they are able to come to the United States on a two-year humanitarian protection visa. Hmm. For the most part, they um, can come within the matter of several weeks to a couple of months. Um, and, and then it really is what, what makes this different is it turns over to, to the to the generosity of the Americans who stepped forward. Hmm. So the Americans are the way in which... People can get here, the reason they have to be sponsored. And then once they're here, many of those Ukrainians want the additional support that Elizabeth and her family are providing. Some of them don't need it. Some of them have a place to go. They just need the American to, to provide the sponsorship form. Mm -hmm. um, but, but what we're finding is that the really rewarding work is, is in what Elizabeth is doing. Yeah. It's helping that family, those mothers and those children who don't have a place to go, who don't know how to get enrolled in school and, and to reclaim some of the joy of life and, and, you know, the, the, yeah. um, the freedom to be a kid. Yeah. And what a gift. What a gift season. No question. And uh, Elizabeth, I, I would guess uh, that you would consider this a, a life-changing uh, uh, event, something that is you know, it's hard to describe, I would imagine. What advice would you have for others who would be interested in doing what you're doing? We have found it extraordinarily rewarding, as you imply. 
not only did we find a wonderful new Ukrainian family with whom we've deeply bonded, but we've also developed a whole new community of friends. We've been stunned by the extraordinary generosity we've encountered everywhere we have turned for help, including finding people who wanted to co-sponsor with us or just give something as small as a, a chair to the family. My mm. advice to everyone is take a leap, become a sponsor, because you will not fall. There are others there to help you along the way, to support you, and bringing people together this way for all of us has been extraordinarily rewarding and an extraordinarily meaningful experience, and especially in this wonderful holiday season. Anya, where do folks get more information uh, about where can we learn more and, and maybe become a sponsor ourselves? Because many more are needed. Absolutely. Please, please go to welcome.us to learn more. You can learn a lot about what it means to be a sponsor. And signing up doesn't mean you're committing yourself to sponsorship. It just puts you on the path to more information. And in fact, 6,200 folks in Ohio have already sponsored Ukrainians um, and, and are providing the kind of support Elizabeth is talking about right now. So, you know, this, this is happening all around you and, and there's nothing magic. There's nothing, there's nothing particularly special about it. It's something that everyone can do. Well, but it's really magical. Uh, it, it may not be special. It may not seem special to you, but certainly it, it will to uh, a family in need. Uh, Anya McMurray, again, president, CEO, uh, COO of uh, Welcome.us, and Elizabeth Langland, uh, one of the uh, sponsors, along with her husband, Jerry. They are from St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you both for taking the time this morning. We appreciate it. Thank you Thank so you, much. Well, of course, the ups and downs of the real estate market are always closely tied to the health of the economy. And because Gen Xers and baby boomers own about 70% of the owner-occupied homes in the U.S., their plans for homeownership in retirement weigh heavily on the real estate market. And something interesting is going on with this group of homeowners. Nearly three-quarters either plan to or already have retired in the same home they were in before retirement. They're not moving moving south. They're not downsizing like perhaps you would expect. This is just one highlight from Bank of America's latest Homebuyer Insights report. And joining us now is B of A Wealth Management Specialty Lending Executive Brian Sherman. Brian, is this why there continues to be a housing shortage for younger buyers because these family homes are not coming on the market the way they used to? Chris, thanks for having me. Uh, absolutely. Uh, as you said, uh, th- uh, nearly three quarters of these Gen Xers and boomers are, are not moving out of their homes. Uh, another interesting stat is that 85 million owner-occupied homes in the United States and 70% of them are owned by these Gen X and boomers. Uh, so you've got that, that dynamic, but you've also, we've seen a decade of insufficient home building. Uh, during the pandemic, individuals have made different choices and have chose not to leave their homes. Uh, and then we also have the largest generation, the millennials, that have started to settle down and buy houses. All of that demand has created the supply shortage. So why are uh, these older homeowners uh, staying in their homes uh, during retirement as opposed to moving south or downsizing like we typically think of? it? Uh, is there some advantage that they are uh, gaining out of all of this? 
So there are uh, there are a couple of things that we saw in the survey. First and foremost, they've built memories in these homes. They've raised their families in these homes. Uh, about 80% of them like the home. They feel like they've put a lot into the home, mm-hmm. including 60% of them have done some sort of remodel or renovation. Uh, rates are high. Affordability concerns exist as they're, they're beginning retirement. And, and obviously, there's a supply shortage, which concern that they won't be able to find that other home. Yeah. Now, again, as we mentioned, some probably look at this as uh, upending the paradigm of the market in a negative way. But what about the flip side of uh, this dynamic? Are Gen X and baby boomer homeowners uh, doing anything that is helping the next generation in all of this? Yeah, absolutely. It's a great question. So throughout the pandemic, home homeowners have seen five trillion dollars worth of equity growth in the in the real estate that they own. Uh, as a result of that, although they're not planning to sell their homes, they are actively helping their next generation. Some of them will do it through the gifting of of money to buy a home. Others will uh, pass their home down to the next generation to live in at some point. And interestingly enough, the survey said that uh, many uh, about. 12% are planning to offer to live together in, in more of a multi-generational type space and home. Hmm. So with all of this in mind and armed with this data from the latest Homebuyer Insights report then, and again, given the current state of the real estate market and how uh, much of a challenge it is for some of these young homeowners or would-be homeowners, first-time home buyers. What advice would you have for those first-timers who are hoping to purchase a place of their own and put down some roots, start to build wealth, uh, just like their previous generations have? Yeah. So I, I think it's fair to assume that as a, a potential first-time home buyer who's hearing that prices are up and rates have risen and inventories are down, many of them may choose to sit on the sideline and wait. Uh, we often tell people that there there is no right time to buy a house. There is no timing of the market. The right time is ultimately when the person who's interested in moving forward with, with home ownership is emotionally and financially ready to do so. So our recommendation is, is a couple of things. First and foremost, uh, reach out and connect with a local real estate professional in your market. Uh, then reach out to a local mortgage professional in your market. Uh, take advantage of some of the resources that exist with nonprofits uh, who can educate you through home buyer education workshops. And then financial institutions like Bank of America offer online educational series courses to help people prepare. Um, it's, it's not a timing of the market. It's, it's utilizing the expertise in both the realtor and mortgage sector in order to determine when the right time is to buy for you. So in other words, not not timing the broader market, but finding the right time when you are ready, uh, not jumping in before you're That's ready right. is probably the, the best uh, uh, way to uh, be successful yeah. in this. Again, uh, Brian Sherman with uh, Bank of America uh, talking about their uh, latest uh, Homebuyer Insights report. You mentioned that uh, you also have a lot of uh, great resources for those who are interested in home ownership for the uh, first time, or maybe for those who are uh, looking to uh, make a change in retirement. Where do folks get all of that information, Brian? Yep. Everybody can visit the mortgage section of bankofamerica.com. Thanks, Chris. Well, of course, the holidays can be a very stressful time for all of us. And did you know that all this stress can have an impact on our gut health? 
Dr. Catherine Tomasino is a licensed clinical psychologist specializing in behavioral medicine and psychogastroenterology. She serves as co-director of the Behavioral Medicine for Digestive Health Program at Northwestern Memorial Hospital in Chicago. Psychogastroenterology, that is a mouthful. Do they charge you extra when you have new business cards printed? Uh, I don't, it's a long word. It, is. <laughs> it is. And, and you say that there is a strong link between our brain and our gut. Explain this. Absolutely. You know, this is uh, scientifically shown. There is a connection between the brain and the gut. It's what we call a bi-directional communication pathway called the brain-gut axis, sometimes called the brain-gut microbiome axis. Um, and the brain and the gut, and we say the gut, we mean the whole digestive tract, they're in constant communication through the nerves and the nervous system and neurochemical signaling. So does that mean that these, these factors that affect our gut health, are they psychological? Is it all in our head? I, I love that you asked that question because that's one of the first things I clarify with my patients is that these things are certainly not in your head. Just because your brain is involved, it does not mean that these things are in your head. They're very real. And they're real actually because of this brain-gut connection. So what happens is that if stress uh, is impacting your gut, and you know this is true for everyone, not just people with gut conditions, um, there are actually real changes in how things are moving through our gut and how we're experiencing the sensations from our gut based on the inputs from the brain and then what signals are being sent back up to the gut to the brain. Okay, so uh, what are some of those factors uh, that can play into this? Obviously, as I mentioned, stress. And what steps can we take to help uh, alleviate this condition then? Yeah, so I think, I think that's where things get interesting and get exciting is that there is a lot that we can do to improve brain-gut functioning, just as there is a lot that can dysregulate or disrupt it. So disrupted brain-gut functioning is what's underlying a lot of chronic digestive health conditions, things like IBS, reflux, and other digestive health conditions where we can actually see something um, on imaging with the gut that's impacting things. Those are also impacted by this brain-gut connection. Um, so there are a variety of things we can do. Uh, one of the things that we can do is pay attention to how stress is impacting our gut functioning and then try to change and improve how our body is physically responding to stress. So, you know, this isn't to say that what you're doing right now is wrong, but it's to say that there are probably ways that we can improve it. So often when we're stressed, we focus on getting rid of the stressor, the thing that's causing the stress, as opposed to just managing the impact on our body. A couple of things we can do to help manage the impact of our, on our body um, include things like deep diaphragmatic breathing. I'm not just talking about taking a couple deep breaths and you're feeling stressed out, but actually doing this on a regular basis, maybe two to five minutes every day, making sure that you're doing the right technique can have a tremendous positive impact on how our nervous system is able to turn down the stress response and improve gut functioning. And in fact, it actually strengthens the lower esophageal sphincter, so keeps reflux at bay and improves movement through our gut, making sure that things aren't too sped up or too slowed down. Now, that example is one thing that we can do on our own that we can, you know, maybe help manage this a little bit. But beyond that, are there, what are the treatment options medically? Yes. So, you know, if you contact the Digestive Health Center at Northwestern, if you got in touch with our team, we actually have 
five clinical psychologists on staff who provide treatment for chronic digestive health conditions using uh, brain-gut behavioral therapies. So there are science-backed treatments, um, for example, cognitive behavioral therapy targeting GI symptoms, and medical hypnosis are two of the primary treatments that we provide, and these can really improve that brain-gut communication and improve both the symptoms a patient is experiencing as well as their ability to cope with the symptoms so they become less impactful and stressful. And again, as we mentioned, this is something that is probably affecting more people uh, than ever right now. I mean, we get into the holiday season. We know that this is a very stressful uh, time of the year. Do you see an uptick in the number of people coming to you and saying, hey, I've got an issue uh, this time of year? You can trace it back to kind of the, you know, hustle and bustle of the holidays, if you will. Absolutely. Uh, anytime that stress in general is Having an uptick, we see an uptick in this kind of condition and also these kinds of symptoms. Um, and that's both because the stress itself has a direct impact on our digestive health functioning and on the processes that can lead to a flare of different GI conditions. And also because when we're stressed, we tend to let a lot of the things that are uh, positive in terms of health behaviors and taking care of ourselves mm. go. So we might not be eating regularly. We might be going long periods of time and then having a really big holiday meal. Yeah. Um, we might be increasing our alcohol intake, right? We might not be exercising the way we usually do. So all of those things can also impact how our digestion is working. And the big takeaway, as you were mentioning earlier, is that this is not all in your head. There uh, may very well be a connection. So it is good to be aware of Dr. Catherine Tomasino, again, uh, licensed clinical psychologist uh, and uh, co-director of the Behavioral Medicine for Digestive Health Program at Northwestern Memorial Hospital in Chicago. Good stuff to know to your health this morning. Dr. Tomasino, thanks very much for taking the time. Where do folks find uh, more information? You can go to our website, uh, Northwestern Medicine or Northwestern Memorial Hospital has a website where you can find more information, and that is nm, like northwesternmedicine.org. So nm.org, you can learn more. Thank you so much for having me. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. This may be your dumb criminal of the day. Well, no question, this is your dumb criminal of the day. May actually be your dumb criminal of the month. Maybe not the year. We've had dumber criminals this year, but these criminals are right up there. They're definitely in the running. This actually comes from merry old England, where four men are behind bars because, because after robbing a gun shop, they got hungry and decided to order some takeout. <laughs> the four men from Sheffield, England, raided Hardy's gunsmiths back in 2020. As for how Andrew Cross, Andrew Coy, Shabazz Ismai, and Musfur Jabbar got caught, so how they got caught, uh, police say uh, the uh, latter called up a nearby fast food joint in order to order a couple of burgers after the, <laughs> the burglary. <laughs> well, you know, criminal activity, you work up, a, you work up an appetite. It's, a, <laughs> it's not easy. Uh, the, <laughs> the order placed them at the scene of the burglary, according to South Yorkshire police, the vehicle on the security camera footage at the store also 
was matched to the restaurant. <laughs> Police have recovered about half of the stolen guns, and they are asking the public for information to locate the rest. All of the men were given prison sentences between five and nine years. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Okay, we've got our uh, we got our uh, stash. We robbed the store. What do we do next? Hey, I'm hungry. How about ordering some takeout? <laughs> uh, also from the international file, the broken news this morning. This out of Australia. You remember the old Popeye cartoons from your youth, where Popeye would eat spinach for strength. Uh, in Australia, it seems that uh, more than a hundred people. Uh, we're eating uh, spinach to get in to enter a hallucinatory state. Initially, this was inadvertent. More than 130 people in Australia got an inadvertent high after ingesting contaminated baby spinach and uh, <laughs> entered this hallucinatory state. But now the government of Australia is urging consumers not to try to achieve that foodborne high on purpose. That's what they're struggling with now. Once people found out that the contaminated spinach make you high, now they've got a whole different problem. Authorities have issued a recall for 13 spinach-based food items due to potential contamination with unsafe plant material, according to the uh, Food Standards Australia New Zealand Agency. More than 130 people who ate these products sold under store brands at places like Costco and Aldi, uh, have experienced symptoms including hallucinations, delirium, and blurred vision, according to a report in The Guardian. So now people, they've got people who are doing this intentionally. And by the way, this is only, I mean, I know it's at Costco and Aldi, but this is only in Australia. It's not in this country. Please do not try this at home. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Other stories from the broken news files this morning. Back in this country, police in Arizona uh, cited a driver driver after he was found commuting in a carpool lane with an inflatable Grinch as the sole passenger in the vehicle. <laughs> the uh, department said a trooper pulled over the vehicle on Interstate 10 in Avondale after noticing the car, which was traveling in the high-occupancy vehicle lane, the carpool lane, uh, was occupied only by the driver and a suspicious-looking passenger, as they put it. A suspicious-looking uh, passenger. I get it. It's a Grinch and all of that. You know, it, it happens from time to time. We have these stories uh, in the news where people try and pull a fast one on authorities uh, in the uh, carpool lane. But this may be the first one with a Grinch, and of course it's holiday-related, so <laughs> the driver was cited for an HOV lane violation. Not to be outdone in the Grinch category, cops in North Texas are searching for a real-life Grinch who stole a statue of baby Jesus over the weekend from a nativity scene at Sundance Square in Fort Worth. How low do you have to be to steal a statue of the baby Jesus. And I'm thinking, you know, there's there's uh, getting into trouble with the law on the temporal plane, and then there's getting in trouble with the law on a whole different level, if you know what I mean. 
The shopping area posted surveillance footage on social media asking for the public's help in identifying the culprit. Uh, He could face charges of vandalism, to say the least. I would not want to be at the pearly gates (laughs) sometime in the future if I was this guy. And finally, in the broken news this morning... Uh, This from South Alabama, a newlywed couple is off to a rocky start after spending their wedding night in jail. 28-year-old Shavarius Moses and his 26-year-old bride Alexis were on their way to their honeymoon in Florida on Thursday night when they were stopped for speeding. But that turned out to be the least of their problems. Police also discovered ecstasy, marijuana, and assorted drug paraphernalia in their car. (laughs) Because you never want to leave for your honeymoon without all of your drug paraphernalia. (laughs) The couple, still wearing their wedding attire, (laughs) were arrested on a series of charges, including drug possession, violating probation, and possession of a firearm without a permit. So there was that, too. They they spent the night in the Henry County Jail. Uh, they were uh, released on bail the next day, but spent their wedding night in the Henry County Jail. And to add insult to industry, uh, to add insult to injury, they actually were housed in separate cells. Now that's just mean. I mean, the least you can do. <laughs> it's their wedding night for crying out loud. House them together. <laughs> There you go. That is today's broken news report. This update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Uh. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. This message provided by WFIN. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news, the statistics that shape our lives. We actually have a uh, list here this morning, uh, more so than a uh, survey or or hard uh, numbers data. But this is kind of interesting because if you uh, in the new year are determined to get better control of your finances, which is always a very popular resolution around this time of year, these are the top five money management apps Uh, recommended by personal finance experts that can help you uh, do that. Number one on their list, the best personal finance app overall, is Mint. That's the one from TurboTax and QuickBooks parent company, Intuit. Tracks all of your money, all of your spending, links all of your accounts in one place to give you a complete picture of your spending and savings habits. You might also try an app called YNAB, which is short for You Need a Budget which offers a more proactive budgeting approach beyond just tracking your spending. You could try Personal Capital. This is an app that they say is best 
for those who are focusing on their investments and saving for retirement, if that is your main goal. Personal Capital is the app for that. Number four on the list of the top five money management apps recommended by personal finance experts is one called Pocket Guard. Now, this is aimed specifically at college students, those with limited incomes, and chronic overspenders. The way it works is by anticipating future expenses and bills and helping you avoid bank fees by making sure you have enough money to cover those expenses. So Pocket Guard, you can check that out. And uh, lastly, among the top five money management apps recommended by personal finance experts is one called Good Budget, which brings the old-fashioned envelope system into the digital age. So those are the ones you can check out. You can learn more about the top apps for personal finance, personal money management at our webpage. Go to goodmornings.net and click on the daily download link. And now more of our holiday gift-giving series. The Last Minute Scramble is on, and Emmy-winning television host and lifestyle expert Marissa Brainy is here to help. Still time to score some great gifts. Marissa, where do we start? Absolutely. And fortunately, I'm teaming up with some great brands to offer some unique ideas, which is what we want. Starting with 23andMe. 23andMe gives you access to your DNA. So that's everything from your health to traits to your ancestry. When you take a 23andMe test, you actually get genetic insights backed by science to really help you take greater control of your health, including more than 150 personalized reports. You also get a deeper look at your ancestry, which is really cool. They have over 2,000 regions and population-specific reports there. So whether you want to help a loved one discover and find new family members, or really just commit to their health for the coming year. You can find out more at 23andMe.com. You mentioned health, and obviously taking control of our health is uh, very important, very popular right now. You have uh, some other gifting ideas that help us look and feel our best. Love a little self-care when it comes to a gift. And yes, I have two ideas on that theme. The first is Olay's Cleansing and Nourishing Body Wash with hyaluronic acid. Hyaluronic acid is really known for attracting and retaining water, which is what we want in these winter months. So the Olay Cleansing and Nourishing Body Wash infuses moisture 10 layers deep, really helps hydrate the skin throughout the day without having a coated feel. And it's approved by the Skin Health Alliance, which you know means it's a great choice. You can find out more at Olay.com. My second idea comes from Secrets Aluminum-Free Deodorant Collection. And this actually offers 48-hour odor protection and three times the number of odor fighters than the leading aluminum-free brand. This is dermatologist-tested. It's completely free of aluminum, parabens, talc, and dyes. This is really great as a stocking stuffer idea for maybe a daughter in college. You know, something you know they'll use, and you can check it out at Secrets.com. As I was just thinking, yeah, great stocking stuffer there. I I saw this I thought was kind of interesting. It says more than 90% of Americans plan to gift chocolate for Christmas, and you have uh, some ideas for those with a sweet tooth this holiday season. 
Sure do. Yes, it's a big number. A lot of people love to give chocolate for a great last-minute gift for everyone from loved ones to colleagues. Lint, the world-renowned Swiss chocolatier, has an amazing collection, including chocolate figures that are perfect for stocking stuffers, seasonal chocolate gift stuff as well. But we really can't forget the holiday classic, Lindor Truffles. They're available in classic milk chocolate and other seasonal flavors as well. They come in festive bags or gift boxes, so it's really a great ready-to-gift gift option. You could pick it up on your way to a party if you wanted to uh, at retailers nationwide, or you can find these at lintusa.com. You can never go wrong with chocolate. That is uh, that is for sure. And uh, then also you have a gift idea that is sure to bring a smile to everyone's face, it says here. This is something that will please everyone for sure. Data shows receiving cash is a number one preferred gift for many during the holidays, especially as we look at the post-holiday economic forecast. So it's really time to move on from the age-old idea that giving cash as a gift is a faux pas. It's not. People want to receive it. And Venmo and PayPal provide a quick and easy way to send cash or even digital gift cards, which is cool. So with PayPal and Venmo, you can also manage holiday group expenses. We have a lot of those this time of year, things like splitting a cab to a party or sending a cash joint gift to friends and family. And you can add a personal touch because they have an array of gift wraps, which is really cool, including a limited edition custom wrap from Mariah Carey herself, so it definitely adds a little sparkle to those (laughs) last-minute gifts spent on Venmo. You can sign up online or download Venmo and PayPal through Apple or Google Play stores. Again, Emmy Award-winning television host and lifestyle expert Marissa Brainy with our holiday gift-giving series as this last-minute scramble is on. Marissa, thanks very much for taking the time. Real quickly, where do folks go for uh, all of these last-minute gift ideas? Thank you so much for having me. Just head to my website. It's marissabrainy.com and go to the blog section, and I have all of this there for you and more. And that will finish up our podcast for today. Thanks to all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day at our webpage. That, of course, is goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow on the program, Findlay's 2023 budget will have the city slipping into deficit spending. Mayor Christina Mern joins us to explain why she's not only unconcerned, but actually excited for the year ahead. So until tomorrow morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.